Are you working full time with a dream to launch a business, launch an app? launch a program. You guys, you if you're working full-time and you're listening to this podcast because you're looking to be inspired to get started, you are not going to want to miss this episode with Dr. Maeva Clark. She is a current client inside of our mastermind who is... Talk about having a plate full. She's busier than ever in her career, recently promoted, yet in the midst of all the growth in her career... She's launched an app. She's publishing a book. She's launching two courses. And when you hear about her mission, you hear about her journey and her story and how she's collaboratively doing it with her son. You guys are going to be so inspired. I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode. Need some effective tactical advice that actually helps you get results and makes a real difference in your life and business? You've come to the right place. If you're finding yourself here today, it means you're getting ready to gain serious traction in your business, rapidly multiply your income and impact, and you're ready to make it happen while living all out. Guys, I'm Melissa Henault, your trustworthy corporate dropout turned six-figure business burnout turned happy and healthy CEO of a multi-million dollar online business, and you're listening to the Burnout to All Out podcast. On this show, we're serving up innovative growth strategies, simple implementation methods to put them into practice, and action-stimulating inspiration tailored specifically for the modern entrepreneur. Let's dive in. You guys, I am so excited for this episode with the Dr. Maeva Clark. Dr. Maeva, welcome to the Burnout to All Out show. Thank you. Hi, Melissa. So excited to have you here, you guys. I'm going to give you the formal bio, but before the formal bio, I want to give the informal bio. Maeva has just become a dear friend and a client inside of our mastermind. We've kind of intertwined paths for almost a decade when we were both originally dipping our toes into entrepreneurship in the health and wellness space. And it's crazy how that one initial interaction of, you know, that one vision and action towards building a dream and creating a business for ourselves on our own terms brought us together as healthcare providers, by the way, we both have, you know, like the, the healthcare background. And here we are almost a decade later, and you are just blazing trails. We're going to talk about it in a minute. So proud of you, the impact you're making. And that's the personal background with Maeva. So the formal Maeva Clark is Maeva has a PhD in professional studies, which includes both leadership and administration and higher education. And Dr. Clark is a wife and mother of two. She's a registered respiratory therapist and a neonatal pediatric specialist, as well as a college professor. So she wears a lot of hats. Both her children have special needs. Her son had learning differences and her daughter had medical challenges. As such, Dr. Clark is familiar with the requirements, rights, and experiences of both the individual education program, IEP, and the 504 plan described in the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, known as IDEA, IDEA, right? Dr. Clark brings her experience to this book. She's got a book she's publishing. We're going to talk about this in a minute. As a mother and an educator, after shepherding her two children through the education system, 
sometimes fighting for their rights, she learned what it takes to advocate for her children to get the appropriate services and support needed to help them reach their goals. Dr. Clark wrote, help support for parents of children with learning and thinking differences to feel confident, capable, and fulfilled to give parents the tools and support they need to navigate parenting children with learning and thinking differences. This book is a combination of Dr. Clark's personal experiences and a literature review of helpful resources and materials so that readers can find all the information they need in one place. Parents of children with learning and thinking differences can stop searching the internet to find the information they need, and instead, they can turn to help support for parents of children with learning and thinking differences to feel confident, capable, and fulfilled. Dr. Clark started this business, we're going to talk about this today too, with her son, Chris Jr., called Kaysen, which is short for Collaborative Advancement for Social and Emotional Needs, LLC, to further support parents of children with learning and thinking differences as they meet the needs of their children. So, so multifaceted. You're doing so many amazing things right now. And I cannot wait to unpack all of this, Dr. Mayeva. But let's start with the beginning days of entrepreneurship. Let's start with, because you're still working full-time. You're a director right now, right? Um, So any of you guys watching this on LinkedIn right now thinking, I can't launch my own business. I work full-time. This woman wears multiple hats, has launched an app, is launching a course, has launched a book, right? Like we just had a conversation about this offline about time is just perception, right? Let's start with on your journey with your children. And I know there's a backstory of like earlier entrepreneurship with you and on health and wellness, but I want to jump right into where you had the vision for a problem publicly when it comes to the social emotional needs and support of children. Like, let me ask you this. At what point in your journey did you have the vision that you could start a movement and start a business while still working full time? Believe it or not, it came from my son. Mm. Mm-hmm. When Chris graduated high school in 2016, give a little background. Chris was diagnosed with developmental delays, but of normal intelligence. So cognitively, he's there, but he had a lot of struggles. He needed some speech therapy, physical and occupational therapy. So things were challenging for him. So he did graduate high school and he went on to the local community college. But about a year after he graduated, My husband asked him, what do you wish you had in school that you didn't have that could help kids today? And he said, I wish someone would have taught me how to be appropriate on social media. Mm -hmm. He said, my husband and my husband's friends really helped Chris become appropriate. Yes, I was his friend on Facebook, but I did not do the policing that the guys did for him. And just to give you a little more background about that, Chris asked us if he could get on social media. I guess he was around 14 and we told him we didn't think it was a good idea. He shouldn't do it. Well, he did it anyway. And 
I was the first person he requested to be friends with. So we got a big kick out of that because I said, this proves that he wasn't ready because most kids, if they were sneaking, they wouldn't have invited their parents parents to be on there, right? So instead of us getting crazy over it, we just became his friend. And then my husband's friends became his friends. So when they saw inappropriate content going on and him saying things that was just off or people being mean, they really helped him navigate that space. My husband would say, Chris, take this down or edit your post to say this. He said, what do you mean by that? And Chris would tell him what he meant. And he said, well, that's not how it's coming across. Change your post. You know, so they worked with him like that. So when he said, I wish someone would have taught me in school how to do that. So I didn't have to run through some of the pitfalls I ran through. And then just to give you a little bit more during the 2016 election, Chris was bullied on social media by adults because of political views and things. And it was really, really mean really hurtful. They said some really hurtful things to him. And like, I was like, wow, adults are doing this too. You know, it was just really bad. So he had to navigate a lot of spaces like that. And so when they had this conversation, Chris came to me and said, mom, I want to create an app that will help kids today because they may not have had the village that I had to be appropriate on social media. So I would like to create something to help them out. And when I tell you, yeah, I wear many hats, but computer skills and designing wasn't one of them. Yeah, I I told him, yes, I just said yes. And I had no idea what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And so I went to the computer and I started researching what's missing in education. Where's the gap? because I knew it wasn't enough to just create an app. What's the app going to be about? That's not enough. Mm -hmm. So I found social and emotional learning is this huge gap in education. So I said, okay, if I create something that would combine social media with education, I may be onto something. So I went to Chris Jr. And I said, what do you think of this? And he's like, oh, mom, I love that idea. And that's kind of where it started. And also Chris had like a hybrid kind of education where, remember, I said he was of normal intelligence, but he had some developmental delays and things going on. So Chris didn't fit into any mold. He had some special education classes. He had some general education classes. He had some 100 level We didn't allow them to put him in a box. We wanted what he needed. We fought for the appropriate placement for him. So math wasn't his strong suit. So he went to special ed, um, smaller classes for math, you know. So anyway, they had this dance where it would be different schools. They would bring together and they would have these kids. So when they got to this dance, the kids didn't know each other. So they were kind of still with their own school. And he figured this app would be a place where the kids can communicate and learn each other before they even met in person and they would be looking for each other. So that's kind of where we went. Oh, so cool. What I love about this story is that your son had an idea 
And even though you had zero expertise on the back end from a tech perspective, you instinctually said, yes, let's do this. So let's talk about, so what happened next? Tell us a little bit about what transpired, what's been created all while working full-time. Okay. So what happened next is I found a third-party company on the internet that allowed us to create this app. So what I would liken it to is how an artist would get an idea for, let's say an architect, get this idea for this building. Mm -hmm. And then he sketches it out and create a design on paper Mm -hmm. to give him the visual for what he wants to build. So that's what this app did. It was a third-party app and it had limits because of someone else's thing. So what I did, Chris and I, we went to the school district where we live, where he went to school, and we met with the assistant superintendent of special ed. We showed her what we did and she validated it. She liked the idea. She said, I like where this is going, but it could be better. I said, well, what would make it better? And she told us, guess what? We went back and we did it. And we met with her again. And she said, I like it, but it still needs this. So we met with her three times. And then that gave me my belief. Someone believed. And one of the things she did for the social emotional learning, I had purchased a third party company to actually teach. Mm -hmm. And when she saw it, she said, that was good, but my Ava, you're better than this. I borrowed her belief mm-hmm. because when she said that, Chris and I left and she catapulted my mind to thinking beyond what I had to what was possible. Mm-hmm. And then we create started creating and then we realized that that platform couldn't go where we needed it to go. And we hire app developers. Awesome. Okay. So what I love is how you leveraged, you had an idea, you just moved forward. I call it imperfect action, right? You just got started and then you got feedback and then you got more feedback and you got more feedback. And then you had the confidence. It sounds like it's like, okay, I'm definitely onto something. We're going to app developers. I'm all in. I'm all in. Tell us where you are today with the app and tell us what it does. Okay. So I'm really excited because the app is like a precursor to regular social media. It's like someone looked at it and said, you know, this is like social media with training wheels and filters. Mm -hmm. So basically it is like we're instead of an Our target audience is 9 to 13. And instead of telling kids, no, 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 you can't do it, we figure, why don't we join them and teach them how to do it appropriately? Don't run away from Can we just stop for a minute? Because I Mm -hmm. love what you just said. I hope everybody heard this. Is, you know, social media has become available and grown so rapidly and quickly it is like the primary platform, a form of communication for a lot of people. Yet there's no formal education and guidance from the ground up on what's proper, what's not, right? And I think this is where children, social and emotional needs are not, or developmental needs, like 
all of that set aside, just children in general, there's no, there's been no formal training. There's been no formal guidance unless parents are doing it. And then do parents actually have the skill set and the knowledge and the capability of doing that? And I know we're going to get into that because you have a solution for that too. But I think this is so forward thinking of where there is a need and you creating a solution to the problem and you experienced it yourself and now creating the solution. Okay. Keep going with the app. Okay. So we figured, you know, our big, big, big mission is bullying and bullying identification. So Chris and I, we said, why don't we marry the two? Mm -hmm. So in this app, Every day, the children get some form or piece of information on bullying. Mm. So they're learning about bullying. And then the next day, they get a question about what they learned to make sure that they weren't just blowing through it and that they are reading it. The app is by invitation only. It is not open to the public. I like Um, Clubhouse. Yeah, it's because... We're protecting the children. We we have to make sure no child predators are in there because, again, it can be for any child, but we're focusing on kids with learning differences, the more vulnerable population. Mm-hmm. And so any child can be tricked or lured into something, but kids that have social emotional needs or learning differences may be easier prey Mm -hmm. than kids that are are socially in tune, which can still fall victim. Adults can fall victim. Look at all the catfish and adults that get tricked. So I'm not by any means saying that no one has to be exempt from it, but I'm just stating that some people are at more of a risk. Yeah. Anyway, we have to protect them. We have to have layers of protection. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. So basically the app is like uh, a platform for children to begin learning appropriately how to interact. I know that you talked about how there's a, a bullying aspect for education. Yes. Talk to us a little but bit about we, how the children get we, trained on how to actually appropriately interact. Yeah. Right. So it's a couple pieces that I didn't tell you. One, we're teaching children how to interact formally with adults because they have to interact with their teacher by answering like the a discussion board. Mm-hmm. And then they have peer-to-peer interaction where they have to respond to their classmates. Mm-hmm. And everything is filtered through the teacher. So nothing goes live without teacher approval. So there's layers and layers of protection for teachable moments. Mm-hmm. We have filters in place like for profanity, but even more than just that say like something might be offensive in my culture that may not be offensive in your culture. Mm -hmm. So I can flag something. And if a child uses it and you're not aware, they'll get a message that they can't use it. Mm -hmm. And then you'll get an email stating that they tried to use it. So then you can dig further and look it up. Mm -hmm. If you need more information to teach them, Mm-hmm. However, you can still learn yourself mm-hmm. about why that wasn't good or anything. So we have have that in place as well. 
So good. So incredible. Now, is it something that people can access now if they wanted to access your app? Not, not yet. We're almost there. We had it beta tested. And what, and oh my gosh, the feedback was so great. I, I was really, really pleased with the feedback, but I had it beta tested with educators and parents. They were my students because we needed to know what worked and what didn't work before it went to children. So one of the things that, well, it's in its last rounds of of edits right now. We were ready to put it out. So I thought, but it wasn't automated enough. And so right now they're um, streamlining it for the, because we're going to have facilitators and teachers that can do it. Now, what, who is this for? This app is for teachers. It's for school districts. It's for psychologists, physical therapists, occupational therapists, kids that are homeschooled, guidance counselors, anyone that deals with a group of kids can do this and use this as a platform for social and emotional learning and bring kids together. So one of the things that it didn't have was enough automation to make it easier for those people to navigate and make it a seamless flow. Mm -hmm. So right now it's being worked on so that if they go in on a Sunday, everything is lined up for the whole week. So it's more or less automated. So good. So good. Okay. So on the verge of launching the app, and you spoke a little bit about teachers and parents too. Can we talk a little bit about what's coming up with the course that you're putting out? Yes, yes. So Chris and I, again, all of this came from Chris's experience, his lived experiences. What I tell people is God turned pain into passion. Our pain became our passion to help other children and parents. Love that. And we have a purpose. And the other thing I'll say is it's our story, but it's God's glory. I think that this will help so many other people, children and parents alike. And that's what we're here for. We're here to support them. So good. So, so good. So stay tuned for that. Cause I think, and you may be even hosting a masterclass next month for parents. Cause that's going to be the next thing I want to chat with you about. And we'll get into the book in a minute, but for all the parents that listen to my podcast that have children over the age of like, I mean, even five, I mean, my five-year-old loves like YouTube shorts, you know, like he's not necessarily interacting on social media yet. None of my children have social media accounts. Well, I should take that back. My son has a YouTube channel because he, he streams about computers. And there are conversations with strangers that go on with Discord that go along with that space. But for all the parents who, you know, are struggling with this like tug of war, because my kids are asking for phones right now. And I'm like, no way. I just am not ready for them to be exposed to and be connected to in the social media space. And I know that we could probably get phones and make sure there's no apps or downloads on that type of stuff. But I mean, considering my son builds his own computers, I'm pretty sure he could figure his way around that. And I would have no idea, you know? So I love what you said about instead of resisting, how do you embrace and move through with being a informed parent who's integrated into the process, right? So can you talk to us 
give us some good tips and tricks and advice as parents, regardless of, you know, whether it's a child with learning differences or social emotional needs, or even just, you know, your average 13 year old who's got access to social media for the first time. Can you give some advice to parents on kind of ground rules and getting started on social media? Sure. Can I back up first? Because I realized I didn't finish answering your your last question. Yeah, yeah. So we started out with social media wellness. That was our original thought. And then we realized that kids need to be socially well-rounded. So the name of our program is Case and Education Social Network Wellness Academy. And the reason is we want to teach social wellness, not just so they can be appropriate on social media, but so they'll know eye contact. They'll have these soft skills that when they go to, they can navigate college, they can navigate the workplace and life in general. Mm -hmm. And so some of the courses that we have include social emotional development, bullying identification, social media readiness mental health development, and we have a few other courses as well. Now, the reason why we have these, again, we want to make the kids well-rounded. There was a lawsuit in Philadelphia in 2021. McAndrews was the law firm, and they sued the school district. You can find it on the internet, and actually, I'll I'll leave the link so you can put it with your podcast or however you do your social assets. Mm -hmm. Well, The judge ruled in favor of the parents that the school district didn't do enough to prepare this child with special needs, with social emotional development. And guess what? It happened off hours. It wasn't during school time and they were still liable. So what Kaysen is, is we bridge the gap between school and home. It's not that Everything we're teaching is a new concept, but the way we're teaching it is new. So we're taking social emotional learning and tying it into home via different social media platforms. For example, our social emotional development course, we go through and we do all of this by building the kids up, giving them strengths, letting them gain self-confidence. For example, in one of the courses, one of the modules is on differences. And we talk about how people look different. So we'll start like that, like identify different, the way people look different in your neighborhood and they just look different in families or whatever. And then it's differences in occupation. And then it may go into, then it's, what do you do? Some kids may be track. Some kids may do gymnastics. Some may be good at music, but we help them find their inner strengths and tap in. And then it's like, which one is best? And this particular concept came from my friend, Stacey Montgomery. She develops social emotional content. And she says, different is different and different is awesome. So it doesn't matter what skill you do. None is better than the other. Your uniqueness makes you you so all of that to say is that's how we start building their inner strength and confidence in the content. And then in that particular course, we use gaming. So one of the last modules for teaching is gaming. They will take what they learn for in person 
and tie it into gaming because you still need those same skills online. Yes, 100%. I love this. I love this so much. Well, so let's go into that. So, you know, they're learning social skills online and in person. So let's go back to the question of for all the parents whose kids are on the verge or in the middle of kind of adopting instead of resisting social media. And I love this because Gary Vee's talked about this. You know, he has said like, you know, we look at our parents who used to say, oh, TV's going to ruin you. Oh, you know, like heavy metal is going to ruin you. Rap music. There's always something with every generation that's like the older generation is like condescending to it and not embracing of it. And, you know, his comment is, you know, you can be old and crotchety and like dismiss social media and, you know, poo-poo it to your kids and not embrace it, or you can embrace and integrate it and become part of it and create, you know, and this was, I guess, also in a book I recently read by a publisher out of Palo Alto, but she talks about this because her daughter is the CEO of YouTube. And, you know, she's like, we can embrace it and create boundaries around it, or we can stick our head in the hole and say that, you know, we don't want our kids doing it, but they're going to do it anyway. Right. And so how can we create guidance around it and embrace it and know that it's here to stay, right? So can you speak to, for all the parents out there scratching their heads on how to like embrace and move forward and create boundaries, can you give some tips and tricks around this? Absolutely. First of all, you want to set up boundaries through privacy settings. Mm -hmm. Every single social media account has a minimum age and most of them it's 13 but kids are getting around it by put, just changing the date, you know, and they're they're on it. But if you if your child is of age and you still want to channel it, go to your settings, like look up how to control or the settings. Make sure you do that. Like when you're on your child's phone, kids have phones now. Make sure the location's not on their phone where if they take a picture or tag a picture. Some adults may not even know. It tells where you were when that photo was taken. Take the location off so that people can't find your kid. Also, if they're on social media, don't have identifying markers. Don't use your last name. Don't tell people what school you go to. Don't don't even share your mascot. There are ways that predators can actually track and find your child and stake their school and put two and two together. There are countless things out there like that. So you definitely want to educate and teach your child. There are different things, and we'll go into this more with the book, but there are different things you can do to identify if your child is being bullied or something on social media. There are a lot of red flags and a lot of times Parents are very busy and they're not in tune because they're working, they're hustling. And unfortunately, everyone don't have the ability to stay home and be present, even if they want to. It doesn't make them a bad parent. It makes them human. And that's the way life is sometimes. But and so they may not be picking up on these cues. So try to be present when you're there to tap into whether your child looks like they're having issues or not. And that's something that I had to do with my son. Like there are times like Chris started dealing with anxiety and even depression via social media. And that's why this is such a big thing for him because he dealt with it. And because my husband and I have 
always had open communication with our children, we tend to pick up when something wasn't right. And we would ask a a ton of questions. That being said, I still didn't pick up everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I think we were more in tune than most, but we're not perfect. We're not God. We can't see it all. And so I would start there. That's so good. That's so good. Well, let's jump into your book in the last couple of minutes that we have, because you have a Mm -hmm. book that is launching very shortly. Help, right? Talk to us a little bit about your book and when it's released. So I am super, super excited about this book and the project. I actually wasn't looking for the book. The book came to me. And through one of guest speakers, Jay Kelfer came on and he was talking about creating a book. And he was saying how a book can be a part of your business and get you people to know who you are and what you do. And so that is what got my juices flowing and really to to pour into this. So this book is based on my experience as a parent of a child with learning differences. Mm -hmm. And I am very transparent in this book. I'm very, very transparent to show you how transparent I am. I I began with talking about a miscarriage that I had Mm -hmm. and through that process, I prayed and I asked God, what am I to gain from this? Because this is so painful. I don't want to go through it again. If there's a lesson to be learned, can I learn it? And in that process, I felt God say that I had an effective communication with my husband and unrealistic expectations from my in-laws. So the short of it is that was a gift for me. In a very bad situation, those things helped me because I realized that my in-laws loved me, but they could only love me how they could love me. Mm-hmm. And I had to accept how they were able to give love. Mm-hmm. And it worked well. And even with my husband, with us talking, had to learn to listen to what he was saying and not jump in and say what I wanted to say while he was talking. So anyway, all of that is in every negative situation is a positive. We have to be willing to look for it. So I have stories like that sprinkled throughout the book. But because I don't pretend to know it all and I'm not trying to fix anybody or trying to tell you what to do. I did a literature review. That's the educator in me. I have over 100 references in this book from different sources that answered the questions or the problems that I came up with that I identified with and that did a literature review. So in the back of the book, parents or caregivers can go to the book and find the sources, pull them up and do a deeper dive. So let me ask you, sorry, what are some of the, maybe one or two big questions that you answer inside the book? Well, back to the social media piece, there are how to identify if your child is being bullied, then what to do about it. I go deep into early intervention, how to get your top child tested for diagnosis. If you suspect something, I go really, really deep into the individualized education program. If your child is suspected of needing services, who's at the table, what your rights are as a parent or caregiver, 
who's who you can get to support you to bring to the table so that you're not like it can be up to eight or 12 people around the table. And if you're by yourself, it could be overwhelming and intimidated. So I tell you that you can have a special education advocate. I define them a special education attorney. What's the difference between them? Mm. Everything is spelled out in the book. And in the back of the book, there's a glossary of all the terms And you can even go to my website and uh, opt to print that glossary out. So if you're a new parent of a child who's newly, well, you're a parent of a child who's newly diagnosed, you can print that out and take that with you wherever you go for support. Oh, I love that. This is actually a perfect place to kind of round out the, the interview is where can people that are listening today go download this glossary that you're talking about? It will be on www.casenllc.com and it will be in the library resources. Awesome. And we'll put it in the show notes as well. And then if someone, is it possible for people to like pre-purchase your book or where can people get on a wait list to get this book? Okay. The book will be launched on April the 23rd. Mm-hmm. And it can be purchased via Amazon on April 23rd. I'm just really, really excited about that. So exciting. Maeva, your journey has been absolutely incredible. And I have so appreciated this interview. And your journey and taking your struggle and your pain and making it your passion and the impact that you're making It is just the beginning. I am so excited for you. For the listeners in the room, for those of you who catch the replay or you're watching it live, we'll have all the show notes for you, for the links for her book, her glossary that's really, really informative and helpful based off of her book. Definitely. Where can they come find you? Where's the best place for people to message you if they want to come connect with you on social? Um, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Dr. Maeva Clark. That's a a good place. I'm also on Instagram, but LinkedIn is the primary place where I'm most active. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Maeva. Really enjoyed this. Thank you. Thanks guys so much for listening in on today's podcast episode. I can't wait for you to see my upcoming guest in the next episode. You are going to love this keynote speaker. Hey, here's the deal. If you liked this, please subscribe and leave a review. And you want the latest online business growth strategies and exclusive LinkedIn pro tips sent straight to your phone? Text the word UPDATES to 1-833-310-7171. Again, text the word UPDATES to 1-833-310-7171. Can't wait to see you guys. Come find me over on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever you like to hang. I cannot wait to hear how you are enjoying and applying what you're learning. You guys reach out to me over on social because I love hearing what's resonating with you. When you reach out to me and you send me those personal DMs, they really do impact the content I continue to bring forward to you. So again, come find me, Melissa underscore Hinault over on Instagram, Melissa Hinault over on LinkedIn and Facebook. Can't wait to see you guys over there.